This program is designed to provide general information with regards to the subject matters covered. This information is given with the understanding that neither the hosts, guests, sponsors, or station are engaged in rendering any specific and personal, medical, financial, legal, counseling, professional service, or any advice. You should seek the services of competent professionals before applying or trying any suggested ideas. beloved immortal beings and good looking people and remember you're good looking because you're always looking for and finding the good this is the joy of living Barry Shore here, your humble host, sitting here in Venice, California, overlooking the vast Pacific Ocean. And if you remember, the reason that you've tuned in to K4HD.com, K as in night, the number four, H as in happiness, D as in dynamic, K4HD.com, is because this show, The Joy of Living, exists for one reason only, and that is you. Y-O-U-E-W-E, you. It's only for you, your benefit. And we prepared the show with somebody very, very special today who's going to help us understand more about giving, entrepreneurship, higher power, and goodness in life. So as is our want, we welcome people from throughout the world. We have, thank God, more than 278,700 people listening to us right now from all over the world due to this remarkable situation called Internet Radio. And you can always find this show at barryshore.com. B as in beautiful, A-R-R-Y-S-H-O-R-E.com. Go to barryshore.com. And you can click on this particular episode, and it's The Joy of Living with Brian Wallace. And we're going to, you'll be able to listen to it again and share it. And it's very important to share something that you like. It's great to, you should listen again and share this with at least five people. What we say, give me five. Share it with family, share it with friends, and especially share it with people who are not your friends, or you think you don't like, because when you do that, you're building a bridge. You build bridges, you create harmony. And creating harmony is one of the great benefits of living in this world, because then you are living in joy. So as is our want, we have several things that we do in this show before we introduce our wonderful guest. And that is we say a big hello to people in different cities of the world. And <laughs> I'm laughing today because we have people in two different cities that have exactly the same name. And in one city, we have hundreds and hundreds of people listening. In the other city, we have two people listening. So this will be a lot of fun. I'll announce it in just a moment. And as you know, as is our want, since I'm writing a book called uh, Reframing the Art of Living, what we do is we take words, acronyms, 
the first letter of every word or a word itself and give you the ideas, the initials of what the words stand for, and we reframe them into the most positive, purposeful, powerful way we can, because by so doing, by speaking and thinking in a positive, powerful, purposeful way, we spread joy, happiness, peace, and love. And of course, we have to have fun doing it. So I just want to make everybody aware that your humble host also uses four-letter F-U word. Yes, he does. And I just used it a few minutes ago, a few seconds ago even. You have to have fun. F-U, everybody. It's fun. Well, you say to me, wait a minute, Mr. Shaw, that's not a four-letter word. It's a three-letter word. Not how I spell it. I spell it F. U, capital N, capital N, fun. That's your four-letter F-U word. So you can actually tell your family and your friends, F-U, everybody. And before their startled looks, you can break out laughing and say, hey, fun, fun. Barry Shore taught me that. Doesn't matter what country you're in, where you're from, F-U, everybody, fun. So let's take a look now. It happens to be that the name of the city Two different places in the world. This is really fun. F-U. <laughs> it's called Tripoli. T-R-I-P-O-L-I. Tripoli, Libya. And Tripoli, Iowa. <laughs> this is fun. I love it. So Tripoli, Libya is actually very famous. Not because it's in the news recently or in the past few years because of what happened with Muammar Gaddafi and such. But because Tripoli was the place that the Marines, the United States Marines, earned their stripes, as it were, and were able to fight against enemies of the then-nascent United States of America. Um, it was around the year, I think, 1796 or so, in about 1801. Uh, Tripoli was a very interesting, it was a home of pirates, they were Muslim pirates. Now, let's go back in time. Tripoli is a very ancient um, city. It was founded by people called Phoenicians. Phoenicians were inhabited an area that was then called Phoenicia. Today is Lebanon. So the Phoenicians were great traders and sailors throughout the Mediterranean. And they founded the city somewhere around 700 before the Common Era. So you're talking 27, 2800 years ago because it has a great natural harbor. And population today is about 1.2 million. And I think it was back in... Uh, let me see, back in uh, 640 or so when the Muslims came in and conquered the area and it stayed Muslim until, wow, until the very, until 1920s, 1910s, uh, when it was uh, taken over by Italy. And Italy ruled it for a bit of time and then it became independent and so. But really it's very interesting because the pirates of uh, Libya, of Tripoli, were preying upon shipping in the area and um, the United States as well as European powers. And we paid tribute to the pirates of Tripoli until about 1805 or so, I think it was. And Thomas Jefferson said, uh-uh, no more. Send in the Marines. So he sent a force of uh, frigates, a squadron, and fought against the uh, Tripolitarian uh, pirates, and we beat them. 
So that's why in the Marine song, the refrain goes, To the shores of Tripoli, we will fight our country's battles on the land and air and sea. Way back then in 1805 or so, famous uh, admiral named Stephen Decatur. And then we really meant business, but we didn't pay tribute anymore. The United States emerged and we don't pay money to terrorists. This is a very important fundamental understanding in the world. European powers quaked and they paid. The United States of America quaked and then it stopped paying and it doesn't pay terrorists or pirates. Now, the other place is called Tripoli in Iowa. <laughs> now, for those of you listening, good. we have over 270,000 people from all over the world listening, so you may not know the geography of the United States, but Iowa is smack dab in the middle of the United States of America. It is called the heartland, and Tripoli is right pretty much smack dab in the midst of Iowa. The population of, of Tripoli, Iowa, is all of 1,440 people. <laughs> compared to 1.2 million people in Tripoli. Right now, we have, let me see, 831 people listening to us from Tripoli, Libya, and we have two people listening from Tripoli, Iowa. And I just looked up on Google, and it turns out there are four cities in the world, only four cities in the world that are named Tripoli, three of them in what we call the Middle East and one in outside of there, one only in America, called Tripoli, Iowa. So welcome to the hundreds and hundreds of people listening from the both Tripolis, uh, whether you're in Libya, and we're happy to have you listening to free internet radio. And again, the joy of living is all about becoming the best you possible. So one of the things we work with is acronyms, the ability to understand letters and words and in their most positive, purposeful way. So one of the most famous, of course, is WWNet, and you're perfectly correct. But when you work in reframing and you're working in a positive, purposeful, powerful atmosphere, WWW really stands for What a Wonderful World. And, of course, a tip of the hat to Satchmo Louis Armstrong for making that song go viral around the world so everybody has heard it and knows it. So that, and what a, is a word, W-H-A-T-A, what a wonderful world. So when you're speaking to your family and your friends, share with them, W-W-W really means and stands for and is part of the concept of what a wonderful world we live in. And now that's a Wow. When you hear something that you can't express other than just jaw-dropping, wow, well, wow itself is an acronym. Wow stands for words of wisdom. When you hear something that resonates, and there's no other way to express it other than a wow, what you've just done is talk about words of wisdom. And we're going to hear lots of words of wisdom from our great guest and good friend Brian Wallace in just a couple minutes. I want to share with you, though, two other very important fundamental acronyms that will make a difference in your life. Because remember, the Y-O-U. So go to barryshore.com, listen to this again, share it with people, and really utilize the information because it's to your advantage. 
And here's a great acronym. It's the word SMILE. Now, who doesn't like to smile? Even people who don't really like to smile, smile every so often. But when you smile, I really want you to understand the following. SMILE is an acronym that stands for Seeing Miracles in Life Every Day. Seeing miracles in life every day. When your eyes are open and you become a good-looking person, as we say in the beginning of every show, you're always looking for and finding the good, you'll find miracles. It's a miracle just to be alive. Be alive, to be walking. I can't do that very easily. To be able to eat, sleep, drink, have friends. So many miracles that are happening in your life every day. Smile. See the miracles in life every day. And then you'll be able to truly say thank you. Thank you. As we've discussed on this show many times over the past few years, thanking is something powerful. When you want to start on the road to success, what you want to do is say thank you at least seven times a day. Meaning it, of course. And when you want to become a college graduate in the program of thank you, you'll say it 15 times a day. And when you want to be a professional, a professional person who recognizes the genius of life, you'll say thank you 26 times a day minimum. Thank you. Thank you. Because what does thank mean? Thank is a great acronym. It stands for to harmonize and network kindness. To harmonize and network kindness. Because when you're kind, what are you doing? You keep inspiring noble deeds. That's what being kind is. Everyone you meet, everyone you meet, is fighting a battle that you know nothing about. Everyone, be kind, always. You do that, then smile. You'll see miracles in life every day, and that's a wow. What a words of wisdom that brings you to WWW. What a wonderful world. So, I told you, that we have somebody special visiting with us today. Happens to be, if I remember correctly, he lives in a state called Ohio. <laughs> I believe in a city called Cincinnati. His name is Brian Wallace. Uh, we've met a number of times on phone or through the internet. And I can truly say he is a capable, loving, powerful positive personality who will bring benefit to everybody who listens to what he has to say. So without further ado, what I'm going to do is ask Brian to just say hello to hundreds of thousands of people, and then we'll start talking. I'll ask him some questions, let him speak, and really bring out some interesting information, which is, again, the joy of living is here for you, Y-O-U. So get ready. Brian, are you on the line, sir? I am here, and hello, hello, hundreds of thousands of people out there, and hello, Barry. Boy, is Thank this a you, treat. Thank you, Brian. 
and a big F you to you. Let's have fun. <laughs> Let's do this. I've been excited and ready to do this all day. I cannot wait. It's okay, well, without like having... further ado, a little drum roll and such, uh, I've asked Brian to supply me with a quote or two that really resonates with him. So let me read a quote and then ask him if he would be willing to discuss the ideas in the quote and give us some uh, guidance in what it means. So let's, here's a famous quote from Winston Churchill. And the quote reads like this, we make a living by what we get. We make a life by what we give. Brian, share with us some insight on that powerful understanding. You bet. So I feel like a lot of people, you've described it quite well at the start. The way that a person can give and the way that a person can share, people feel like they have that dimension in their life. Right. Okay. So I do my thing. I compartmentalize my life and I give over here and I do my charity and I do my soup kitchen over here. But then when it's time to be big and strong and put on my Superman cape and shield and whatever <laughs> is your exciting hero of the day, when you get the call and you're the entrepreneur or you go out there into the big Fortune 500s or wherever you go, people seem to think that you can't be giving in a business setting or in an entrepreneurial setting. And I always kind of scratch my head and look at these people and say, no, th this is one life. They all go together. So yes, we can make a living by what we get, but we really, we make the living that way, but we make our life by what we give. And we don't stop making our lives regardless of what sphere we're operating in. And I usually give this kind of a talk to more of an entrepreneurial off. Uh, type of group. However, I think whatever you do in life, whatever you're doing as a profession, or if you're not working at all, I think that we can all appreciate that kind of a message. I think it really does go hand in hand. I love it when people say, well, I'm not a good networker because I never learned that in school. And, uh, you know, I'm not a salesperson, so I, I don't know how to go through a room and give people business cards. And I say, great, <laughs> you're supposed to be giving. And then people will want to hang out with you and they'll want to know you and then they can trust you and then you can try to perhaps figure out how you can work together. So I really feel like people miss the point intersecting these two very fundamental truths quite a bit. And I, I'm sure, I know you're that way too, Barry. I, I know that you really know how to unite these parts. Uh, first of all, this is so enlivening to have Brian on the phone and, and share his working knowledge of what he just said. In, in my humble opinion, everybody is an entrepreneur. I don't care if you're working in a company with 100,000 employees or you're working in a company with three people. Everybody's an entrepreneur because entrepreneurs are people who make the best out of every situation. It has nothing to do with a business skill per se. Now, I will also, if I may, Brian, just uh, piggyback on what you said because there's a, a phrase that used to exist 100 plus years ago, especially in the United States, but in any business-oriented environment, and it used to be called be a go-getter. 
So the go-getters at that time, let's say 100 plus years ago, that may have been a, a good message because you had to go out and, and do something. But really the underlying fundamental root of that concept was and still is be a go-giver. So as you, you pointed out, I think, so eloquently, if someone says, well, gee, I don't, I don't know how to go to a room and network and talk to people and give things out. Oh, but are you a giver? Do you like sharing? Yeah, I like that. Well, then do it. <laughs> Just be you and give. Look what Brian's doing for us right now. He's just to share and give because that's an essential part of his being. And we thank you for that. That, that was just really beautiful, Brian. He is the ultimate go-giver. By the way, what it is, what, not what is it, what is it that you, in quotation marks, do in your business world? which of course is not separate from your family world and everything else because it's all part of the giving cycle. But what is specifically, if people want to know, what does Brian Wallace do that creates value in the world that now translates into what they call money? Sure. Great question. And interestingly enough, there actually, and you've probably read this, there's a book and actually a series of books called The Go-Giver by Bob Berg. And I think that for anyone who's afraid to try or people who are looking for a little bit of a helping hand as to some fundamental practical steps in what you and I are talking about that know so well through plenty of practice, I'm sure, I think that they'll find a treat on that. As far as what I do for a living, I'm the founder of a company called Now Sourcing, which my wife and I started almost 13 years ago. And we make something called infographics. So one way of looking at that, that's a two words put together, information graphics. You could say that they're pretty pictures for people that can't read, <laughs> but I think that a lot of people are too distracted to even think about it like that. So we basically help tell great visual stories and connect them with lots of press and media and success. Wait a minute. This is, I, I love the idea of telling visual stories. Can you give an example of something you've worked on recently that is a great story that was put into a visual context? Sure. So this one's actually a few years ago, but I think it really typifies what I'm saying as a, a whole bundle because a lot of people think, well, I know an artist. What is special about this? It's not just art. It's a whole delivery system. So a few years ago, there was a basketball player who was not probably going to get his fair share out there in the market. So we were able to put together a visual story led by emotion, backed up by statistics, because that's how the human brain works. And if you think otherwise, <laughs> you might want to take a look, but it, it actually does. By the end of the day, before the trade deadline, this young man was sitting on a $64 million contract by just basically having us tell a story of how he was underrated. And there it was. It was a little so harder than that, <laughs> but yes. Okay, and I assume he said yes to the $64 million uh, contract and he's still playing or he's still somewhere in the league. Yes and yes. Mm -hmm. Okay, good. Let's go back to your point, led by emotion, backed by stats. So I think we, you're referring to something what we euphemistically call the reptilian brain. Is that what you're talking about? Yes, indeed. I think that the mind is constantly hunting for a place of safety and security, and it's unguided, and it doesn't know what to do, and 
the digital airwaves just continuously feeding us stuff throughout our conscious and maybe even subconscious these days. Uh, work, life, wherever we are, on the run, trying to relax, we're bombarded with information. So how does our brain make sense of all of this stuff? Well, a story is the best way to organize it. But just telling a story as the written word or even an audio sometimes is still too much for people to focus on. Whereas a visual hits a different part of the brain where it's just much more memorable. If you remember, if everybody thinks back to when they were in elementary school and think about all those books that the teachers put before you, how much of the stuff do you really remember that was in the book? Probably not a lot. But you might remember different illustrations and pictures. You probably remember what the galaxy looks like or the solar system or something like that. But if you just had it presented to you in paragraph after paragraph, you might have forgotten. So it's a, a much better mnemonic hook device. I love when Jack and Jill went up the hill and fetched a pail of water and it spilled. I still remember that. <laughs> well, those are different. Well, you're more of the spoken word mnemonic guy where you have acronyms for lots of things. So I'm not saying that only one thing rules the day of the human mind, but these all have their parts to play. No, right. But I was I was actually saying what you just said. I, I still remember mm -hmm. the picture book and Jack oh, and Jill sure. going up the hill. So in other words, the words and the pictures resonated with me. Uh, it's it just it's the emotionalizing aspect of um, the verbal part of the life. In other words, one verbalizes something, you can visualize it. If you can visualize it, you can emotionalize it. And when that happens, then you get the person involved. So this is really good. You're right about uh, Bob Berg, who's going to be on the show, actually, God willing, in a couple months also. Uh, the idea of, you know, be a go-giver. And, and the sense of giving is that the word itself, giving, Aside from the N in there, it, it reads forwards and backwards on a simplistic level, which we call a palindrome in the sense that that's what giving is all about. Giving is really receiving and receiving is really giving. And there's a what we call building the ecosystem of good because that's really what's happening here. And, and thank you, Brian, for just guiding us in that first step. Let's go to something else that I think was really Re – real Real yes, quick, before please. we go to the next point, yes, I, I want to add something to that last point that you said about giving as a function of reciprocity. So you shouldn't be giving to get something in return. But you know what's really funny? So I just went to a, a very large conference that I go to every year. This is my 10th year going. And I noticed, I caught myself in the moment of what I'm about to say. And I, I found it really very interesting. And it's a piece that I think people don't quite get. Have you ever seen the kind of person, or maybe you yourselves are the kind of person, that you don't like to take a compliment? Now, for those people who may be a little egomaniac-centric, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about people who might be a little more shy, a little more reserved. Maybe they're kind of starting out in their careers, and, or maybe they just have a lot of negative self-talk, negative toxic personalities around them. I don't know, whatever it is. And you say to a person, wow, that what you did was really great. What you did was really special. And the people who do not know how to receive a compliment, what do they say? Oh, stop. Oh, anybody could do it. You know, they dismiss it every which way. Some and people even say no big deal. And yet no it deal. is. <laughs> it's a very big deal. 
So you know what I found myself saying to these people? I said, listen, I know it's weird to get compliments. You don't want to be on stage. You don't want to be behind the mic, whatever it is. That's normal. We don't have to be constantly uh, seeking attention like this. But if you are a giving person and you believe what Barry and I are saying, you also have to receive these compliments. Because if you're unable to receive those things, you're not able to have that whole flow as things go with giving and receiving. And after that, most of them, they're okay with it after that. So I want to, right now, I hope everybody can hear my hands clapping. It's the sound <laughs> of two hands clapping, not one hand. It's not Zen. And I'm applauding Brian because what he just shared with us is a fundamental understanding in the world of giving. First of all, if you're giving in order to get, that's not giving. That's maybe bordering on manipulation. It, it's, a, it's better than not giving, of course, but it's, it's not what we're talking. We're discussing here giving as an act of your humanity, of your very being. When you're giving as sharing and you're giving then of natural result, what we call the natural concomitant, is that you will receive something back. It has to happen. It's a law of the universe. For every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction, as it says in physics. So by giving and giving the best of yourself, what will happen is you will receive back something. That thing could be material. That thing could be, as Brian pointed out so nicely, a compliment. And the compliment should not only be accepted, it should be accepted with genuine feeling of love. Because once you start doing that, you are now working on building that motion called the ripple effect, which turns into a wave, which literally goes everywhere throughout the world. So when you give wholeheartedly, you're creating the butterfly effect, which brings bounty and beauty and blessing everywhere. Thank you so much, Brian. That was beautiful. <laughs> I love you. Okay. Wow. This is fun, isn't it? Are you F you, Brian? F you too, Barry. Looking forward to that too. Okay. Let, let's look at something that's really um, we're bordering on the what the what do you call it? Um, the religious for the moment, but that's, it's good to do such things because when we're talking about religion, we're not talking about specific, any specific um, creed or group. We're talking about the understanding that there is a creator in the universe and the creator lives in goodness and wants and only does live in giving and in goodness. So there's a famous quote by one of the sages of the Jewish religion, and that famous sage, his name was Hillel, which is a form of the word to sing praise. And he wrote or said something very fundamental to the human condition. Let me read it. And then, Brian, if you'd be kind enough to share with us some insights into it, okay? So what he was, what Hillel, this person whose name means to sing praise, he was very accustomed to saying, make God's will like your will, so that he will make your will like his will. And by the same token, nullify your will to his will, 
so that he will nullify the will of others to your will. Give us some insight, if you'd be so kind, onto this enigmatic and beautiful insight into human life. You betcha. And I want to reiterate, so this is not a commercial to get people to convert or any weird stuff like that. We're not having you join a cult. Um, I happen to be a Jewish individual. And as much as I believe there is full transparency and everything that I do is kind of just a, a flow between business and personal life, I am a little guarded when it comes to uh, re religiosity and messaging like that. So whenever you hear me speak, whether it's in person or on the internet, I am very universal in the choice of my words. But since we wanted to talk about specific quotes, you can't really generalize quotes. So that's kind of the little disclaimer there. So regardless of what you believe, I think that it is very beyond useful, it is essential to have some kind of a North Star or a foundation or a higher power, something to ground you in your life, because if you don't, how do you do it? I really don't even understand it. And you'll see people out there that are just kind of trying to ride whatever the next wave is, chasing the next shiny thing. One year they're a chatbot expert and then they're, um, you know, they're into virtual reality and then Bitcoin, if it goes up or down. I think it's a lot of mental anguish to constantly be jumping from one thing to the next. That doesn't mean to sit there and allow yourself to drown with the Titanic. I understand, you know, life is a journey and you have to be nimble. But if you don't have anything in your life to kind of ground that to or think that you're better than everyone else, almost like what we said even on the first point, if you're giving to get and a very aptly is... Barry said that that basically is a form of manipulation. If you are the only thing in your life, how can you even give? So I think that just having that as a blueprint of your life for success all the way around is extremely important. I know that, and the author's name escapes me off the top of my head, when it comes to work-life balance, the author alludes life as a stove. And you have four burners on your stove, and one of them is health, and one of them is money and business, and everybody burns that one real hard because we love working ourselves a lot. And one of them, I think, is family, and one I think is friends. But the rub is you only get to have three of the burners burning, and if you really want to make a, a real dent out there in impact and whatever you're doing, you basically get two. So with everybody just overly stressed and overly worked and what's the economy doing and what's the news saying and all of that. Sometimes you have to just kind of take a step back and understand there's a bigger picture and you are part of a, a larger orchestrated piece of the song of the universe, shall we say. Not only shall we say, we want to say it and I want to hum it and then sing it. Mm. And now I'm going to sing it. You ready? You've got to dance daily, even hourly, sing a joyful tune and laugh out loud. Ha, ha, ha. That's the meaning of, that's the feeling of joy. That I can't beat that, folks. <laughs> that was wonderful. Thank you, Brian. That was, uh, I like the, the nimble part and the, yes, the four burners is really important because uh, what happens is oftentimes people do focus on a couple of the burners, maybe even one or just two, and by so doing, burn oneself out. 
And what you want to do is utilize the burners to heat up the water so you can make a cup of tea and sit comfortably and smile, which is, of course, seeing miracles in life every day. If one does not make time, I didn't say take time, I say make. When if one does not make time, and that's what's all in your hands, time is in your hands. If one does not make time to recognize the genius and beauty of the universe, then you will not be able to succeed. And remember, the joy of living is all about you and your success. And here's a great segue. Ready, Brian? One of the great quotes that Brian sent me that Ready. really tickled me and I love is from a, um, a great songster. Almost as good as my song, but that's okay. <laughs> His name was Frank Sinatra. Now, again, remember, we're, just to put this in position, we have hundreds of thousands of people listening to us, Brian, and tens of thousands of people who download the podcast, and at least half of them live in countries outside the United States. Almost all of them live in second language. As example, India. India is a one plus one billion people, and the first language of the country is English because, of course, it was a part of the colonial uh, empire. But the point is that Everything we're doing here is in English, but not everybody knows, let's say, American uh, discography. Frank Sinatra was one of the, the most famous uh, American singers in the 20th century. And many beautiful, wonderful uh, songs, and especially about life and such like that, and great movies and such. But one of his great famous quotes is, talking about success, the best revenge is massive success. So, Brian, wax eloquent on that one, please. Sure. So if anybody was taking us on a bet to see if in a single segment you could quote Winston Churchill, Hill the Elder, and Frank Sinatra, well, here we go. So you might think that this is a kind of a strange way to even go about this. Since the whole time we've been talking about giving, we've been talking about receiving, we've been talking about having a higher power and grounding ourselves, so what the heck is Brian talking about with revenge, right? Well, it isn't revenge. This is the absence of revenge. This is what to do with that energy instead of doing anything like that, because you really don't and shouldn't be putting negative energy out into the world. If you ask yourself, if you're a marathon runner, which I'm not, but I, I think I am in my mind. If you're a marathon runner, are you going to win the marathon by looking over your shoulder all the time? Absolutely not. Go watch these people when you're watching a race live or on TV, right? You are running a race in this world against yourself to try to run the best race that you yourself can. So rather than being concerned of what the competition is doing, looking over your shoulder and being petty and vengeful and all these different things, just work on it, work on yourself, work on your business, work on whatever it is that you're working on in life toward success. Success is not greedy and capitalistic, just like we defined the revenge part of the sentence. Success is the byproduct of doing all of these things right. And you know what? Not everything is always going to go your way, but all of this goes together. This is a, an important 
insight into what we just talked about. So let's recap something that Brian said that I think are two fantastic and very important ideas. One is eliminate negativity. Now, again, talk about songs. In America, we used to have a song that I, since I'm much older than Brian, used to sing. You've got to accentuate the positive, eliminate the negative, and don't mess with Mr. In-Between. Because when there's negativity in your life, other than something called negative ions, which I'll talk to you about in just a moment, it dissipates your energy. And it doesn't allow you, remember, this show is all about you. It doesn't allow you to grow. It keeps you anchored and mired in muck. And muck, of course, is a nice way of not saying the F-U word. So the other point, as he he made, is that if you're running a race (laughs) and you're looking over your shoulder, what are you doing? It's as if you were hamstringing yourself. You're not allowing yourself to grow. Don't ever, hear what I'm saying, everybody, and I'm in business a long time, don't ever even be concerned about what other people call competition. It doesn't matter. You hear me? I'm making a statement that's so bold, so big, so bountiful that you have to scratch your heads. It doesn't matter what competition is. In the world I inhabit and I want you to inhabit, it's called co-opetition. There are many times where I compete and many times where I cooperate with people in my same industry, in the same genre. Because competition doesn't matter. When you're a giver, you're a giver all the way. Like in the West Side Story. When you're a giver, you're a giver all the way because it's plugging into the greatest fountain of bounty in the world. In the digital world we live in, you're either a fountain or a drain. Be a fountain. Live in a fog. Fog stands for fountain of goodness. Live in a fog. Thank you so much, Brian. That was uh, absolutely powerful and wonderful and and purposeful. I'd like to finish off our few minutes together and we do literally only have a few minutes together, uh, just to be kind enough to give us one or two, that's all, just one or two really major bullet points that have helped you specifically, helped you in the past two years because everything's moving at, at what we call uh, web speed. What has helped you in the past two years that you would like to share with hundreds of thousands of people? Sure. I've got, I think we will be able to say one thing and maybe a couple of different ways to do it. So regardless of what you're doing out there in the world, there is a fantastic social platform that you all might not really regard as social, but regardless of what you do, whatever product service you may do, whatever part of the world you're in, chances are it is applicable. And it is a great big bountiful network called LinkedIn which over the past couple of years was acquired by Microsoft, but that's almost irrelevant. The thing that's exciting about it is there is a creator community on there. And keep in mind, this is a network of over 600 million people. And wherever you work, chances are there's a lot of firewalls and things like this. And maybe you can't get onto sites like Facebook and Twitter and all these things, YouTube, but 
chances are LinkedIn is open. So something that I personally have found really great over the last few years from a business capacity, but also just enhancing my world with great people is being a creator, not just a consumer within that community. And when things go right, really incredible relationships can happen. There's business to be done and you create a dramatic following for your, your business brand and what we'll call your personal brand. People are fascinated with the people behind the brands. Chances are whatever company that you adore, you probably know who started it, all of their story and all of that. And as we've already touched on earlier in this broadcast, story is everything. Story is the way your brain organizes things. So if you're able to tell a consistent and persistent story within LinkedIn, I think that you, just like me over the last two years, will find an incredible amount of value for your time there. Uh, I have to applaud you again. You get two applauses during this one show because you have pointed out to, again, hundreds of thousands of people, something that is right in front of our noses, something that is happening in the now, and the now is where life needs to be. Now stands for, as an acronym for, no other way. It's now. It's not the past. Forget that. The future hasn't even occurred. Be here now. Get involved in LinkedIn. And as Brian pointed out, be a creator of content not just a consumer of content. Be consistent, be persistent, tell a story, tell it long, tell it loud in a most beautiful giving way. And with that, I want to give a big hug to you, Brian. May I do that in front of hundreds of thousands of people? You ready? We're ready. One, two, three. And say a hearty thank you remember thank you to harmonize and network essence of linkedin and uh god willing we'll have you back again and we'll share more because this has been a uh, powerful and purposeful and positive uh just a sh few minutes together so thank you and i'm waving goodbye to you so i'm going to give a a short sign off to the to the world okay thank you brian thank you very been a pleasure Best wishes. Bye now. Okay, everybody. We have just about a minute or so before we uh, bid you all a fond adieu. And it's not fondue, but a fond adieu. And, and wish you that you literally utilize the information that has been shared and given. Go to barryshore.com. And you'll be able to find this episode that will be up there and um, utilize it. Listen to it again. Share it with friends. Give me five. And give it to family. Give it to friends. And especially, especially people who you think are not your friends or not your friends yet. Build bridges of goodness. Create more harmony. Learn to be the giver. When you're the giver... Everything positive happens. And nothing, nothing negative can happen to you when you're the giver. Okay, there might be a bump or two. It doesn't matter because it's all in the realm of goodness. When you're a fountain, then you will find the resources. Be a fountain 
of goodness. Live in a fog. And as we say in real life, go forth. Live the blessing. Spread the seeds of joy, happiness, peace, and love. And we'll see you again back here at the joy of living. Bye now. <laughs>